I have a question for you. Are you or someone you know struggling with a food addiction? Perhaps you're not even sure, but you do have some concerns. If so, you're not alone. Our relationship with food affects our lives in so many ways and not just health-wise. From our social life to our mental health and how we feel about ourselves to how we believe other people view us. How and why we eat plays a major role in our lives. In this week's episode of the Journey Journal, we're going to discuss how to know if you're addicted to food. And I'm going to offer some recommendations for enjoying a healthy relationship with food so you can finally be free from your food addiction. It's time to take control of your health and eating habits and celebrate your independence. So stick around to hear the rest of this episode. Welcome to this week's episode of The Journey Journal with me, your host, Oscar Camejo. If this is your first time tuning in, The Journey Journal is actually a spinoff of my main podcast, The Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast. I release The Journey Journal every Monday and the main podcast is released and published every Wednesday. So thank you for tuning in. The premise of this podcast is to help diabetics make lifestyle changes to reverse type 2 diabetes. But you know what? Not just diabetics tune in to this podcast. I have people from all walks of life, different stages in their journey who don't necessarily have diabetes, but they like the information because I talk a lot about weight loss and how to live a lifestyle of health and fitness and overall nutrition. So thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. I'm recording this episode around the time of the 4th of July Independence Day holiday here in the United States. The goal of this episode today is to help you find independence from food addiction, you know, to celebrate your freedom, your independence. Because to be honest, the goal is for us to live a life that's focused, that's fit, so we can feel alive. That's the whole premise. So in keeping with this holiday, I thought it would be a good idea to do an episode on helping people to find their freedom and independence from food addiction. Because see, the goal is to help you to live a life that's fit, focused, so you can feel alive and actually be free from any bondage to food and any unhealthy relationship. So like a romantic relationship or even a relationship with friends or family, we all should strive for having a healthy relationship. You know, when we think about our spouse or our friends, you know, even our kids, coworkers, you name it, that's our social life, right? And we work to maintain good and healthy relationships with people, which is good, you know, and we, we should. You know, we are social creatures. We are built for companionship. But sometimes we may forget and neglect our relationship with food, which is very important. You know, when you go out to eat with your friends, uh, your, your, your loved ones, you know, you all relate. Sometimes you may relate around food. You may have conversations around food and you make certain decisions around food. So if you've been tuning in lately to my podcast or following me on social media, I've been dealing a lot with uh, topics such as cheat meals, stressing over weight loss, comfort food, developing good habits, and other topics around health and nutrition. But if you've been paying attention, 
you'll probably notice that there's been a common theme around how we relate to food. Because again, our relationship with food, just like our relationship with others, with people, is very important. So the other day I was at a health food store to pick up some seafood and some other items. And this lady stopped me and wanted to find out about, you know, my opinion on eating healthy, specifically on buying salmon. So that led to a really good conversation. And she wanted to know about health and nutrition. And and during the course of that conversation, she mentioned that she just has an uncontrollable desire to eat food. Now, this lady was not overweight. When you looked at her, you would think that she would she was, you know, fairly thin, you know, but she was really just stuck on the fact that, you know, I can't stop eating. I just overeat. I just overeat and overeat. And so we were just talking about just habits and, you know, I just started asking her questions about how she eats, when she eats and, you know, what she eats and all that. She just kept going back to saying, I can't stop eating. So it made me start thinking about cravings versus an addiction. Was that lady addicted to food or was she just having certain cravings that she would give into from time to time? It's a good question. So when it comes to you and your situation, you may be like that lady where you just feel like I just keep eating and eating and overeating. I don't know if that lady's situation was more exaggerated or she just felt like she was just eating all the time or maybe she literally was eating all the time. Surprisingly, she had a lot of good advice for a friend of hers who was with her. That friend was overweight, you know, was on the heavy side and that friend was looking to change their life around. So I kept thinking like, okay, you have this advice for this other person and you're struggling with food yourself. So it made me really think about, okay, again, cravings versus an addiction and what people are really going through. You see, I think at the end of the day, our response to food and cravings and urges makes a big difference. You see, you can crave a piece of cake, but just because you have that craving, that doesn't automatically mean that you're addicted to sweets. You have an urge, you have a craving. You know, I may have a craving for, let's say, strawberry ice cream. Do I give into it? No. But just because I have, you know, a desire to eat a certain food or ice cream, or if you have a desire to eat a piece of cake, that doesn't automatically mean you're addicted. But now, what if that same piece of cake or that same ice cream every time? You see ice cream or you see cookie, you just have to have it. And it's just like it becomes a magnet and you're just drawn to it and you cannot control yourself. And you just automatically just go and you indulge in it. So instead of taking one piece of cake, that one piece of cake turns into like four slices every time you uh, see it. You know, if you see a plate of cookies, I like chocolate chip cookies. I haven't had one in a long time, just like I like brownies. I haven't had any in a long time, probably like a year or so. But just because I have a desire or you have a desire to eat a cookie when you see it on a plate, that doesn't mean you automatically have an addiction. But now what happens if we go to an office party or 
because it's the holiday, you know, there's that a plate of cookies there and you see it. Or I see a plate of brownies and I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm just drawn to it. I just can't help it. And you, you in your mind is like, no, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. But you reach for that cookie and you not only eat just one cookie, but you may have a craving and you eat four and five cookies. Or maybe you take some and you hide it, you know, for later because you don't want people at the party or the cookout to see you eating that much, you know, or you sneak and eat it in the bathroom. There, there may be a problem. The goal is to examine where we are. There may be a craving. There may be an urge. But does that necessarily mean that we have an addiction? No. Does it mean that we don't have an addiction? And that doesn't mean that either. So in preparing for this week's episode, I came across a quiz, a food quiz on addictions. And this organization is called the Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous. They're out of Washington, I believe, uh, Washington State. It was very interesting just seeing what they had on their website. And, you know, I don't have any affiliation with this organization, but I really liked what I saw. So if you are wondering and concerned whether or not you have an addiction, I want you to take this quiz that they have on their website. They offer a lot of resources as well. Their website is www.foodaddicts.org. I will leave a link to their website in the details uh, within the show notes. But on their website, they wrote, addiction is a dependence upon a habit-forming substance or behavior, regardless of the consequences or the strength of a person's desire to abstain. It is characterized by intense craving, increasing need, and the disease's negative impact on the lives of addicts and those who love them. So, Here are some of the symptoms of food addiction on their website. When I read this, I don't want you to automatically think that, hey, oh, that means I'm addicted to food. You know, I'm in trouble. But I just want there to be an awareness. Okay, here are the symptoms. Number one, overeating, which is binging or grazing. Number two, purging. Uh, That's uh, leading to bulimia where you're eating and then you purposely regurgitate the food. Number three, Undereating, number four, obesity and related problems such as diabetes, heart disease, and sleep apnea. Number five, compulsive exercise or dieting. Number six, obsession with food or weight. And then lastly, number seven, depression, shame, isolation, and hopelessness related to food, weight, or body image. Now, again, this doesn't mean that you automatically are a food addict. It just means these are some of the symptoms because I don't want you to think, oh, well, I have diabetes. So that means I'm a food addict. No, this is not to blame yourself for where you are. It's to acknowledge where you are and where you may be. So I want you to really think about this. So let me go over that again. Overeating or binging, purging related to bulimia, undereating obesity, compulsive eating or dieting, obsession with food or weight, depression, shame, isolation, and hopelessness related to food, weight, or body image. 
So after this quick break, we'll get into how to begin the process of being free from food addiction. Because here's the thing, just knowing where you are is not enough. It's knowing where you want to be and how to get there, which is important. So let's take a break. Be sure to visit the website at www.beatingdiabeteslifestyle.com for access to free resources and other information that will help you along your journey. If you would like to submit a question or a comment about the show or to learn more about the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle, you can always email me at hello at beatingdiabeteslifestyle.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Okay, we're back. Now, how to start breaking free from food addiction? Number one, it's very important that you acknowledge that there is a problem or that there may be a problem. Because see, the longer you ignore it, the longer you, you know, uh, go about this as saying, oh, you know, I don't have a problem. You know, I don't eat a whole plate of cookies. I just eat three or four of them, <laughs> you know, th- that that may be an issue. You know, when you're traveling for a holiday, you know, it's the summer and you're planning a road trip, you have to have a starting point. You have to know where you are in order to know where you're going. So you know where you live, right? If that's your starting point, your destination may be Florida. Shout out to my Florida folks, you know, I'm from Miami. Or you may be wanting to take a road trip to California or to New York or to Utah, you want to go see the Grand Canyons or you want to go, I don't know, Michigan. I don't know. You know where you're going to go. So you have a destination in mind, right? So you map out your uh, your route. You know if you're going to fly or you know you're going to drive. So let's say if you're going to drive, you have a map. You have to decide where is it that I'm going to go? Where is it that I need to be? But what's my starting point? That starting point is acknowledging where you are. Likewise, when it comes to food and your relationship with food, you have to acknowledge where you are. If like on a road trip, you have to acknowledge the fact that, hey, you know what? There's no gas in the car. We have to go fill up. Oh, you know what? We don't have enough snacks for the for the road. I haven't packed yet. I haven't even selected the hotels that we're going to stay at along the way. If we're taking a cross-country road trip, Matter of fact, how many stops are we going to take? Acknowledging where you are so you can know where you're going is very important. That was number one. Number two, be clear about your reason for eating the way you do. Let me repeat that. That one's big. You have to be clear about your reason for eating the way you do. You see, losing weight to be healthy and reverse type 2 diabetes, for example, may be a goal. Yeah, you, you want to lose weight, you want to be healthy, you want to reverse type 2 diabetes, you want to get off medication versus you want to lose weight because you simply hate yourself. So you keep indulging and overeating or you don't eat, you starve yourself because you figure, hey, you know, I hate the way that I look. I'm overweight. I'm fat. I'm this and that. And I just need to just starve myself. And that's unhealthy. You know, you may do intermittent fasting to lose weight. It could be a good thing. But if you do it uh, um, excessively where you're just literally starving yourself because you're like, hey, I need to become thin. And you know what? You may be thin. You may physically actually be thin, 
but you feel like I have to lose more weight. So you become more and more obsessed with your weight. You step on the scale and you're like, you know what? I have to lose another five pounds. Someone the other day inboxed me on social media and they wanted to get some guidance for losing weight. And automatically they said that they wanted to lose 40 pounds. That's a specific number, 40 pounds. So I asked, you know, the person like, why? Why that number 40? So after a couple of responses, you know, they said, because my doctor told me, I, you know, I needed to lose 40 pounds. I thought that was strange. Like, why just 40 pounds? And because of that person's body weight, maybe that was a percentage that they came up with that would be uh, effective for them to lose or reverse type 2 diabetes, because I think that's what the person was dealing with. So that I guess the 40 was that magic number. So someone in another Facebook group that I'm a part of asked this question. Uh, They said, do I need to lose 80 pounds to reverse type 2 diabetes? And see, that that was another like specific kind of number that was like, where did that come from? So one person says, do I need to lose 40 pounds or how can I lose 40 pounds? Another person is wondering, oh, do I need to lose 80 pounds? So people are fishing for information. So again, back to how to start to break free from food addiction. It's to be very clear, not to have ambiguous numbers out there, assuming that, okay, if I lose X amount of body weight, then I'm automatically going to be perfect. You know, we, there is no perfect body people. There is no such thing as the perfect look, the perfect shape. You know, we want to feel good about ourselves, but This goes into number three, putting food in its proper place. You see, food is for fuel and not for comfort. Eating healthy is for extending your lifespan, not for comparing yourself to someone else. When you go on a diet plan, it's so that you can improve your health, improve your metabolism. You want to lose weight, especially if you are carrying excessive weight. There's no reason for the rest of your life, carry all of this unnecessary weight that may be leading to other uh, health complications. So you have to look at food as what it is. Food is not to help you to cope with life and the stresses of life. I used this analogy the other day on the podcast, you know, a baby cries for food. It wants to be comforted. So what comforts baby? mom's milk or food. So from an early age, we're taught to be comforted by food. But as we get older, some of us may find it very difficult to break free from that addiction to comfort food. So at the end of the day, remember, food is for fuel, not for comfort. Put food in its proper place. Food is not so that you can feel happy about yourself. You may be using food to feel happy, but at the end of the day, let's be honest, that plate of brownies, does it really help? Eating four and five hamburgers in one setting, does that really help? Does eating a whole bucket of French fries and wings, does it really help? It may satisfy a craving for that moment. It may satisfy an urge for that moment, but at the end of the day, You and I both know 
that it's not healthy, is not helping. So again, putting food in its proper place is very important. So now here's the fourth step in breaking free from food addiction. You have to confide in someone. So confide in someone you trust who can serve as an accountability partner. I recommend that this be someone who's overcome food addiction and they know where you've been. That person can be someone who helps you to stay on track. So that accountability partner, some people call it like a sponsor, but it's someone that you can call on at any given time who you know will give you the right advice. They're not going to say, well, hey, you know what? It's okay to go ahead and give in to that cheap meal. Go, go ahead and give in to that. You know, it's okay. You know, you'll pick back up tomorrow, but they can actually counsel you and guide you in the right direction. It could be by a text message or a phone call or a weekly check-in, maybe a daily check-in. You, that person may need to check in with you three times a day. You know, it could be a coworker, it could be a family member, it could be somebody that you trust who will objectively help you to get to the other side. Now, number five, seek professional help. Some situations may require you to have more than just an accountability partner. Let's be honest. You know, this may be such a a sensitive issue, a, a an advanced situation where, hey, you need some intervention and you need some people to help you who are professionals. So I recommend, of course, seeing a therapist to help you deal with the emotional attachment that you may be having with food. It could be something that stems uh, back to your childhood. You know, I've heard stories of people who they relate uh, food with happy times with family members, you know, a specific family member, let's say a grandmother or a parent, you know, grandparent, you know, or a parent used to always make a specific cake in around a certain time of the year. And maybe that person has passed away or they died tragically or just something happened in that connection in that relationship. So you associate food with that person or that feeling that you used to have with uh, that connection. And so a therapist will help you to really dig deep into what's going on with you uh, emotionally and mentally, you know, so definitely see a therapist. I recommend that you also um, check out the Food Addicts Anonymous website that I mentioned. They have an anonymous way for you to reach out to them if you need to get a sponsor, you need to get some help. So the program is based on a step-by-step, okay, this is how you break free. I think this would be a, a resource to consider. Now, if you're wanting to in, still continue to enjoy food, which you should enjoy food, is just about eating the right food and having a proper diet that's going to help you to not only lose weight, but just to become healthier. I recommend that you connect with a registered dietitian or a nutritionist. You see, sometimes we just need help. You know, when I was 268 pounds and diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I was told, hey, you should start eating a Mediterranean diet. And they gave me one a one-sheet paper that just said Mediterranean foods diet or something like that. Um, and it literally was just a list of foods, but it wasn't really a plan. And I just kind of felt like I was in the dark. So connecting with a registered dietitian uh, or nutritionist would definitely help. I know I 
I didn't connect with one uh, early on. You know, I kind of went at it alone and said, you know, I'm going to research and find out a lot on my own. But for some of you all, you need uh, a little bit more guidance and you want to know step by step, what is it that I need to do? So definitely consider connecting with a registered dietitian or nutritionist. So folks, those are my uh, five steps to get started so that you can start living a life of freedom to break free. Because again, you have to start somewhere. And this was a launch pad for you. I want you to look at it as a launch pad. It's not the end result. So as I get ready to close out this episode, I want you to keep something in mind. Habits are very important. Whether you have an addiction to food or not, if you want to lose weight or not, if you want to reverse type 2 diabetes or not, the goal is to live a lifestyle of health and freedom. Because if you're in bondage right now to anything, even bondage to the way you think and the bondage to how you perceive yourself and how you perceive others, you know, a lot of times that goes back to our habit, our habits of thinking, our habits of living and what we do on a day to day basis. So I want you to consider reading a book. I've been talking a lot about this book. I, I don't know the author. Maybe one day I'll get a chance to meet him. But his name is James Clear. I've been pushing this book. I just really like this book and I, I've been recommending it. It's called Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. I've been listening to the audio book. I recommend you get into hard book if you're uh, into that as well. I have the hard book and I listen to the audio book often. And if you want to transform your lifestyle to not only reverse type 2 by diabetes or to exercise better or even just to organize your life, if you want to overcome addictions, you know, is going to start with and need to start with formulating good habits. You know, remember back to point number one or step number one, acknowledging that there is a problem. Well, you need to acknowledge the fact that you have to create good habits. So the goal, folks, at the end of the day is to get to the point where you are no longer struggling with an addiction to food. I want you to get to the point where you change your mindset about yourself because you see self-perception is critical. It's, it's life transforming. How we think about ourselves affects how we live. There's no way around it because in the mind, there is a battlefield. Cravings, food addictions, urges, uncontrollable desires. They start in the mind. That self-talk, the words we speak to ourselves, it, it starts in the mind. So I want you to change your mindset about yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you change your mindset and your perception of yourself, you will ultimately change your relationship with food. Remember, food is for fuel and not for comfort. Those foods that you eat out of habit, it's time to re-examine and see what I need to do to change that habit and eat foods that are healthy for me, that are going to benefit my long-term goals in terms of health. Because remember, you don't need food to feel better about yourself. You need food to give you energy and fuel your body and give your body the energy it needs to be sustained and to give you longevity of life. So be encouraged, my friend. Today is not the end of your life. 
Today is the first day toward your freedom. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So be encouraged, stay focused, keep moving, never go back. Trust God, you got this. I believe in you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with Oscar Camejo. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, this podcast is intended for motivational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a physician or other healthcare professional or qualified fitness instructor. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. If you're looking for help on your journey, seek a qualified medical practitioner. It's important that you utilize someone who is a trained, licensed healthcare professional who can help you on your journey toward good health.